Hello, and welcome to episode 207 of the End Focus podcast. I am your irregular host, Andrew Brown, and just a quick note up front here, I have recently transferred to a brand new computer, so any technical or audio problems in the coming episode, uh, well, I'm going to have to resolve them on the fly. I think I've got things working as they should, but I'm sure something unexpected will come up. Uh, but I am joined by our regular co-hosts on their regular computers. That's Sylvia Wassenaar. Hello. And Rosalie, the little record girl. Hello. All right, so let's move on with our latest Nintendo news. So there was a new and rather lengthy Pokemon trailer put out this week. Did either of you watch it? Uh, I think so, but... I don't remember much from it. <laughs> the only thing I remember is the crystal crystal thing. <laughs> it seemed to just rehash what they already put out last time, just going into a little more detail on what the four different storylines you can follow with your character are. All I really focused on was how you're, they've gone back to you know, walk into the Pokemon to fight it. I loved the throwing the bowl mechanic from Legends. Why are we not still doing that? Can I have an explanation, please? They also made it so that TMs have gone back to single use, but you can craft them. Yeah, <laughs> so it's from like... from a TM machine. <laughs> it's a technical yeah. machine machine. <laughs> the, the thing I focused on was that Girafferig has an evolution, which mm -hmm. is cool. But the TM thing just made me go on. No, <laughs> why? Yeah, it's Pokemon, you know. One step forward, two steps back. Yep. So I, I was pretty let down to see how the fights are working now. Just really going back to a like a, a mid-90s mechanic now. Uh, there are also scenes where you can send out your Pokemon and they'll like run forward in a straight line and fight whatever gets in front of them. And the fight seems to be automatic. It's like an auto-battler kind of situation. I don't know. I, I'm really skeptical of seeing these things. And, you know, Legends had a lot of technical problems, but I did really love how you deployed your Pokemon in the field. It was great. And they, they seem to have gone backwards. <laughs> and I'm not in, in thrilled to see it. This is why I don't pre-order the main Pokemon games anymore, because <laughs> I'll be excited and then something will happen. And then I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm skipping this one, to be honest. Wow, okay. I guess I'll be the only one playing Pokemon this year. <laughs> well, well, it's your job to convince us it's good then. <laughs> I don't know about that. It was quite funny with the crystal thing. Someone on my Twitter said that it just looked like the thing that their grandma used to collect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my, my gran used to have these little crystal like bunnies and spiders and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, that is what it looks like. He's just missing the doilies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Big old bowl of glass grapes sitting on the counter. <laughs> All right, in bigger news, New York City Comic Con was in this past week, and they debuted the Super Mario Brothers movie teaser trailer there. Uh, what are our first impressions of this? We can skip to Chris Pratt to the end. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Everything but Chris Pratt impressed me. Jack Black is Bowser. Fantastic. Loved Toad. Looks like it's going into some sort of world building, because I don't think the Penguins have had this much of a presence before. <laughs> I don't think they've ever had a personality before. No, other than being thrown off a cliff. 
and that little snippet of Luigi at the end. I, I do really think that Charlie Day is the perfect Luigi if anyone was going to play him other than Charles Martinet. Yeah. I have no idea what Charlie Day sounds like, so I don't know. <laughs> <gasps> you not seen Sunny in Philly? No. Specific Rim? No. Lego Movie? Oh my. <laughs> I only watch shows when they're done with their run, and with as long as Sunny in Philadelphia has been on, I probably will never watch it. <laughs> uh, I love Charlie Day. He's very... He writes a lot of it as well. He's a very talented guy, and it, him and Luigi just seem like a really clever fit. Mm, that uh, frantic energy. Yeah. that's. I'm really excited to hear what he sounds like in the end. But yeah, I thought the trailer was really cool. I thought I, the animation looks phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like... And the fact that it started with, like, all the flames and Bowser's, like, lava thing coming in, I was like, wow, they really they, they really know that what they have looks good and they're showing it off. And as much as it's a bit, oh, no, it's the Minions studio people, Minions are annoying, but the actual movies are, like, good. <laughs> like, the Despicable Me movie is a pretty great movie. The writers they have are great. I don't know if um, Brian Lynch, who's, like, the main... Minions creator and writer. I don't think he's involved, but I don't think it's going to be bad. It could be just be good and not amazing, but I don't. I don't think, especially from the trailer, I don't think it's going to be bad. Bad. I am worried about the, the main thing to be worried about, though. But I'm really excited. I'm excited about the merch coming out because you know there's going to be a ton of that, and ugh, I just I like it. it. Looks cool. And Toad is voiced by Keegan Michael Key, who is the guy from uh, Key and Peele who's like Jordan Peele's yeah. like collaborative guy. So he's really funny. And I, like hearing him as Toad was just like great because he, again, he has a very similar like erratic energy. So I was like, yes, I like this. I'm for this. You could barely recognize his voice. Same with Jack Black and Bowser. Like some of it was Jack Black, but some of it just felt really like he was playing Bowser rather than himself as he tends to do. Yeah, yeah, I think it's because like uh, Keegan Michael Key and um, Jet Black were character actors rather than actor actors. Mm. So, which is good because a lot of time when you get famous actors to be in animated movies, especially if you're replacing roles by voice actors in general, it's like, uh. But if you're actually getting people who actually are character actors, it's like, oh, there you go. <laughs> That's what to do. What do you mean by character actor? I'm always interested when people talk about that. Character actors are people that predominantly play a lot of different... There's a lot of famous ones that pop up in the background of like things like Scrubs who don't usually take big... It's really hard to explain. <laughs> uh, well, it always seemed to me like character actor means, you know, an actor who plays a specific type of character all the time. Jack Black is always Jack Black in things that he appears in. And, you know, Jeff Goldblum is Jeff Goldblum. It's like the opposite of a celebrity actor. They usually not. They usually take side roles initially in, instead of. So, like, I think people would say that Charlie Day is a character actor because he's never normally in lead roles. He plays lots of multiple side roles that are very varying in what they are. There's probably a better definition online. It's just usually because not all big celebrity actors, cough, um, Chris Pratt, can do voice acting, but a lot of character actors are probably more likely to be able to do. Uh, voice acting <laughs> in my opinion anyway they're more adaptable mm-hmm. I see them as less adaptable <laughs> because they're always <laughs> the same character when whatever they appear in yeah I'd, I'd argue differently but then I really like I really like Charlie Day and I really like 
Keegan-Michael Key and I really like uh, Jack Black. Apart from when he did, didn't, did Tenacious D do NFTs and I got really upset, I can't remember. School of Rock is one of my favourite movies, so... Yeah, oh man. And he was at New York Comic Con live when they did the reveal. Oh yeah. And the, he revealed he revealed a big golden throne and he sat on it and started doing his Bowser voice and he threw like a Bowser like t shirts and stuff into the audience. You can tell he's like really excited to have this job. And I was like, I like when that I like when people are just you know they're in it, they like the source material because it just makes it more exciting to see their performance or to hear their performance. The, that sort of excitement is um, contagious, for sure. Yeah. Even they did that little Zoom call before they showed the trailer. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure we're going to get more into it, but just, like, the difference between Chris Pratt and Jack Black was <laughs> measurable. Well, Jack Black just seemed more prepared for recording the video. I think but... he's also just... He, he's a personality... Yeah, he's a better pitch yeah. man, too. So I think he can kind of turn it on on the spot, because that, that's kind of what his whole career is based off, whereas Chris Pratt is just <laughs> a guy who goes in, does the job, and goes home. Well, but what are you basing that on? The fact that a lot of his roles feel very samey. I just see him as overexposed. You know, he's in everything. I would, I would put in low effort, too, if I was exhausted because I'm filming five movies in a year in addition to TV shows <laughs> and animated movies. Uh, he just needs to slow down. Then he'll Learn to say to no. More on his jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely tell that it's been a long time since he's touched anything Mario because he was like, I spend all, like, spent my childhood stomping on Reed's cue card. Koopas? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> You didn't even get the character right. You stomp on Goombas. Come and on. The thing is, is he's talking about the arcade machine. Yeah. You don't stomp on You're anything, about really. The original Mario Brothers arcade game, which doesn't have Koopas it's in still- it. <laughs> um, I think it does in some of the ports for the console. Well, he was talking about the arcade machine at the laundromat, and yeah, I think they're called like shell oh, yeah. troopers or something. I can't remember, but they're not Koopas. I think he's just vague memories that he's just conflating. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. he's, he's conflating memories, which I don't have a problem with. No. And I, I saw that little pause as him checking himself, like, am I saying the right thing? Because if I say the wrong thing, they are going to jump on me so hard. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he was <laughs> going to anyway. say turtles. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, wait, no, uh, yeah. got to read the list. <laughs> you obviously don't need to be into a thing to get the role, but I think when it's a piece of media like from video games or from like comic books it's always I always prefer if the main people in it have some sort of relationship with it it definitely sounded like it's been a long time since he's ever touched a video game but and also it was bizarre because the clip that we saw I don't think the reaction would have been as bad if he didn't tell the press oh it's nothing like you've ever heard of before and then we heard it and it was his voice and then it was him doing a really awful, I think, a New York kind of accent, like trying to be like the cartoon Mario. He only said two lines. I, I can't even tell what accent he's going for yet. I haven't heard enough. It sounds like Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> What's all that? <laughs> like, close your eyes and listen to it. So whatever Linda Belcher's accent's meant to be, I think that's what he's going for. 
and unfortunately it just came across exactly like her in that one particular line. It's only one line. You can't judge the whole movie on it yet. No. But um, people shared the trailer in French and whoever is doing it in French actually sounds like Charles doing it and it actually sounded good. So I was like, oh, and so people are joking like, I'm going to watch it in French. <laughs> but you know, if you, fair dues. Everything else, I'm still sceptical about that part. To be honest, there's still, when sometimes when reveals happen, they sometimes do re-record voice acting really last minute so it could have been them trying to see what the reaction would be like and they might go back and re-record things but you don't actually it happens it has happened that happened with shrek um so you never know i am cautiously optimistic <laughs> it doesn't come out till april which is actually like the, the spring is going to be like a nintendo dominance because it's like april you've got that coming out and then may is like zelda so it's like it's going to be nintendo-tastic <laughs> next spring with the video games, Mario games, Mario might be the playable character, but I feel like he's the least important part of the world-building part of Mario mm-hmm. games. Like, he doesn't have a personality. What's his personality? Yeah, he doesn't he's... fit into the world in, in any way. <laughs> no, but even Luigi does. Like, he's got a personality that you can describe. Like, mm-hmm. timid, easily frightened, but still pushes through when he needs to save people he cares about you know that that's like a character what's mario yippee wahoo and that's fine so if mario is the we- honestly if mario is the weakest part of the movie it's not going to feel that different from the games to me mm, good point i did like mario's personality in the cartoons yeah i never watched uh, them oh they're great i think i still have some episodes on video and in one episode they turn into bugs and they look like the Beatles, and someone's like, ah, the Beatles, because they're Beatles and they're... Bu- anyway, oh. uh, the cartoon Mario is funny because he's quite, like, he's, like, a huge personality, so I kind of hope that they were going to try and maybe capture a bit of that magic. I'm still hold- for crossing my fingers that they put Do the Mario as the ending credit song, because I would love that. I would absolutely love that. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> they probably want to distance themselves from all that stuff, because Nintendo is very embarrassed about all that stuff. Oh, but some of the... Oh, I love the cartoons. Actually, no, the Do the Mario is in one of the Just Dance games, like, from, like, mm. five years ago. So you never know. <laughs> they could make, like, a re- dance remix or something of it. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to go see it in cinema. It'd be cool if it opened up because somebody noticed that there, if you zoomed into the, the art that we got before the trailer, you can see the stickers from Odyssey that you, you know, you put on your ship. So be, if this does well, maybe the sequels will be based actually off specific games. Like it could be like a Luigi's Mansion film or an Odyssey film. And that would be kind of cool. I would be very interested in a Luigi's Mansion film if this one does well. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on with what we played this week. So Rosalie has been playing My Lovely Wife, which sounded horrifying. Please <laughs> yeah, scare kinda, the hell out of us. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is horrifying. So it's a horror game, fair enough. And it's developed by an Indonesian uh, game studio called Game Changer Studio. And it's meant to be a kind of semi-sequel to their game called My Lovely Daughter, which I think more people will recognize the name of. You basically pay, play as this guy called Jake who his wife dies at the start of the game and you experience that as like a semi-tutorial uh, and basically he's just like wants his wife back so this guy comes and goes like hey 
your your wife wrote you this letter and I can help you bring your wife back. Uh, and to do that, you have to summon succubi and um, kill them to get this thing called their carnal essence. And if you do that, then your wife is going to come back to life. <laughs> so basically, like the main the main like screen of the game is like his bedroom and it's kind of like the hub. And there's like a mirror, which is like your skill tree. You have documents that kind of give you clues on what to do. Uh, and there's this kind of like antichrist symbol on the floor, which is where you summon the succubi. Um, and you, you need to use three materials. So the guy at the start gives you some wood. So for each of them, you just use the wood and you get like the very first succubi, which is like Berith, Berith. I don't know what the pronunciation is meant to be. They've gone from a very anime approach. So she's like a big demon lady with, you know, you can imagine, um, very pretty demon lady. But what's cool about it, the game is like, because it's meant to be like a horror thing, it kind of looks like a gothic old storybook. So it kind of has this kind of orangey kind of like, you know, if you looked at old paper, that kind of like splotty kind of, it just has this very cool storybook kind of element. So maybe a bit Tim Burton-y, but not too much Tim Burton-y. And yeah, so the point of the game is that you summon these succubi and you have to train them by sending, sending them off to do certain tasks. Um, it's, it's basically an idle sim game. So if you ever kind of were brought up on new grounds on old internet days, I am showing my age. They used to have like idle sim games where you get like a screen and it'd have different areas and you send a character off to that area and there'll be like a time for each day and they'll gain like money or gain stats. And then at the end of every day, it shows you how much you've earned. I mean, that's how games it's... still work on Facebook today. So I don't think it's that unfamiliar <laughs> to people. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but it, it adds it more. It's not like there's a, like an underlining plot throughout where you progress. And because this game, there is a big warning when you start playing this game, which I like. The places that you send them off to are a brothel, a hotel, a charm school, an academy, and you can take them out on dates. Because the main, you, if you build their affection, then they reveal more to you. Um, so you basically can hold up to five succubi in your house and each of them have their own room. And when, when you're not training them, you can go to the room and talk to them. And they'll like say, oh, I want you to summon this other succubi so I can talk to them. Or I want this gift. And you can kind of like unlock more like conversations with them where they reveal what it's like, where they're from. The game's endings are really short, so it's kind of more about you wanting to find out more about each succubi. This is where, like, the really dark bit comes from, <laughs> because... So they go to, like, the charm school, and they, go, they raise you money, and they gather up carnal essence, which you need to resurrect your wife, and you also need that to up your skill tree to give yourself the traits in order for you to be able to resurrect your wife. And to get the essence from them, you have to kill them. <laughs> And you can do this of two ways. You can just kill them there and then in, in their room. And it, when you're about to, they're like, I trusted you. And they're like cowering. And it's like, oh my God. Or you can get their affection up to 100%, uh, consummate your marriage. They turn into a human. You can kill them then and get more of the essence. Or you can actually go, nah, I don't want to be with my dead wife. And you can actually you know, stay with the now human succubi. And every one of them has like their own specific ending if you end up just like staying with them instead it's very dark um there's like plot points that kind of come up it's more there's like up to 40 succubi you can like summon like if you kill some they like leave materials they could be like you know eye of newt and that kind of 
basic alchemy things that you might find in a video game and it's more about you like going trying to discover like oh maybe I'll try this recipe and I'll summon this different succubi and it's more about less about having an ending more about you kind of wanting to summon all the succubi and unlock all their dialogue options and things it's not like the most in-depth game because the endings are usually like it's a couple of screens and some sentences it's more about like the experience as you go along it's quite spooky I think it's like it's one of those games where it definitely feels like it's been developed to be streamed. It just kind of has, there's just something about it, this, even though it's quite gory, so I don't know if you can stream it or not. Uh, there's just something that feels that way. I really enjoyed it because I will say this, I'm morbid. I like horror stuff. I like this kind of thing. But it's not for everyone because, you know, there is a big warning at the start anyway, but, it, you know, you are basically sending off female characters to brothels and to, like, school so they can become better ladies and then you kill them um but you know there's a conversation to be had about that but there's something about it that's really spooky and intriguing like when you're in the the main map with the room there's like a window and sometimes little ghosty figures will go past and there's it's this lovely kind of spooky atmosphere um when you start the game when you try and resurrect your wife a lot it's gonna not happen a lot of the time so there's like a, a scene where you're just holding this mangled body in your arms and Jake's like devastated and it's just like it didn't work and it's it's trying to kind of hammer in like do you you know do you get over or try and live with you know you grieving over your wife or are you going to cause more harm by trying to resurrect her it's kind of like a moral thing I don't think it's as successful as what the previous game did and does but it's really cool and if you can get it for like I mean it's just like a wee indie game so you can get it fairly cheap and you like indie horror stuff it's very cool um but it's very disturbing <laughs> so it's not for everybody it's kind of weird to be playing it on the switch because you know family friendly and i'm like yes so if i kill this succubus and i'll get these points and then i'm like oh this is not what nintendo were intending maybe um but i liked it <laughs> i like me my horror okay <laughs> sounds um I don't, I don't know what you can say about that i really don't <laughs> no I love indie horror, so I like trying as much of it as possible. So, Well, in lighter news, I was playing <laughs> Potion Permit this past week, uh, which wound up being a lot more of a life sim than I was really expecting it to be. You play as an alchemist who moves to a new town called Moonbury and basically becomes their, their resident doctor. You move into this old house that's not in great shape but you can upgrade it over the course of the game by harvesting wood and stone and gold and paying the local carpenter to upgrade it for you and you also have a clinic next door that you work into and every few days a new patient will show up in the clinic and you can uh, examine them examine the parts on their body that they complain about and you do a little mini game to diagnose them and it's funny you're playing like dance dance revolution basically to diagnose their patient symptoms kind of silly but it works in context and then you go back to your little hut and you can go in your cauldron and you can actually make a potion for them potions you have to create using ingredients that you harvest from the countryside in the game that's what you spend most days doing is just running around the countryside cutting down bushes and fighting monsters to get all of the ingredients you use to make these potions and each one has a a, a specific shape in a grid that you have to fill in 
ingredients have tetramino shapes that fit into the different spots on the grid. So you have to find some combination of the ingredients that will create the shape in the grid and that will create the potion. And there are different limitations, like the main ones are you can only use a certain number of ingredient. The more complicated potions are actually pretty limiting on how many ingredients you're allowed to use. And the ingredients also come in four different elements, and some of the tougher potions limit you on which elements you're allowed to use. That's been the really engaging part of the game. It's it's kind of like a uh, Dr. Sim with a little bit of the cooking minigame from Battle Chef Brigade mixed in there with uh, an action RPG, kind of like a Secret of Mana style fighting instead of battleship brigades beat em up aspect but then you have the entire town half of the game you you have the entire town of villagers to talk to and get to know and you can befriend them you can build up their relationship meters it goes a lot faster than in stardew valley but other than that it's pretty similar to that uh, i can just by talking to people every day you can actually see their friendship meter build up a tiny little bit or you can give them a gift and that will give you at least half their meter i've found so far in a couple days you can actually move up to the next tier on somebody and their relationship values and there's a good couple dozen characters to meet in town and build up uh, and then there's the the overall story it, it seems kind of strange at first how your clinic is constantly being visited by this not very large town there's there's like i said maybe two dozen people in it and yet somehow they're coming down with these illnesses constantly it kind of doesn't make sense it feels really video gamey but then you start exploring the island and you find out that there was this ecological disaster here in the past and that that's the main story that you're trying to solve is you're trying to find out exactly what happened and use your alchemy skills to to try and fix it the game doesn't get off to a great start. Uh, I, I described what the main thing you do in the game is, is. You diagnose patients and you cure them by making a potion. It takes a really long time before it actually lets you do that. The start of the game is you arriving in town and then you walk around on this really scripted tour with the mayor of the town and basically everybody tells you they don't like you and they don't trust you. And then after a very long time, you're finally cut loose to... You know, go get ingredients and then make a potion. It just, it takes too long. But once you get into it, I found I quite enjoyed it. Potion Permit gets a recommend from me. Uh, probably going to spend a good chunk of the rest of the year playing it. Uh, based on my progress, it said I was about 15% done at 5 hours. So it's maybe a 30 to 50 hour game. Hard to say at this point, but seems like something I could really, you know, spend a good chunk of time playing. I remember seeing the... I think I'm following the developers on Twitter and I really liked the art style. I remember it being quite cute mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. kind of saturated and very bright and colorful. And I like things like that. This is definitely one that's on my, I'm pretty sure I wishlisted it at some point. <laughs> I do like alchemy things as well. Yeah. It's probably too much of a farm sim uh, for Sylvie. Um, <laughs> probably. Yeah. You know me. Because like you don't grow plants, but you do go out into the field and in, into the basically these little combat areas and, and you fight monsters and you cut down trees and you smash rocks and I, I do see this part of the game coming becoming 
quite repetitive. It's not challenging. Some of the trees take quite a few whacks to really knock them down with your axe, but it serves the need to you know stockpile this these ingredients to make potions when you need them i haven't gotten fed up with it yet and i'm hoping i don't because you know farm sims like stardew valley it, you could see that game as being rather repetitive too but there's just something about it that it keeps its charm with me no matter how many crops i grow or how many times i i visit the skull cave i i don't, I don't know why i can't excuse <laughs> it i can't explain it it just it sticks with me, and I'm hoping potion permit is the same. And you mentioned um, brigade brigade chef. Is that similar? And is that good? Because mm. I believe it's three pounds until tomorrow on the eShop. And I was like, oh, should I buy this? Battleship Brigade is an incredible game. Yeah. It was one of my favorite games from the launch year of the Switch. Uh, you pl- oh. you play as Mina, this young woman who uh, wants to be a chef. And her parents want her to stay in town and just work in their restaurant. But she sneaks away to go join the Battle Chef Brigade, which is like (laughs) the army slash the diplomatic corps slash chefs. (laughs) And and you enter these like literally Iron Chef style cooking competitions where you have one to three judges who uh, tell you exactly what kind of dish they want that are rated in three different areas like fire earth and water and they might like want it an even balance of flavors between all three or just focusing on fire or water or earth or a balance of two of the flavors everybody has a different thing they like and you have to go out into these side-scrolling arenas and fight monsters and the ingredients they drop all have these different elements in them so you have to balance them Uh, and you you take the ingredients that you get from these monster fighting arenas back to the iron chef arena and you drop them into your cooking pan and then it becomes like a a gem spinning puzzle game and oh i like yeah and you can combine three gems into a smaller gem it'll keep its value but that'll make more space in there where you can drop in more gems and that's how you quote unquote cook it's an incredible game. I love it so much. I, I did review it on my website, playcritically.com slash battle dash chef dash brigade dash review. Uh, one of my favorite games on Switch. Uh, and I highly recommend it. While it's on sale for next to nothing, don't miss out on it. Yeah. It's a worth three pounds then. <laughs> So what are we playing in the coming week besides Battle Chef Brigade? Um, I picked up Nia Automata, Automata, whatever. Um, is it End of Yorha edition? I guess. Uh, it might be one of those words that's not pronounced the way it's spelled, but, you know, I haven't played the game yet. <laughs> I've been wanting to play this for a while. I had it on PC and I got fairly far into it, but it just kind of runs like rubbish on PC. Uh, and I don't know why I felt like, oh, maybe it'll run well on Switch. But it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I watched a couple of reviews on it first just to see performance. And uh, completely mm-hmm. playable. Looks great, actually. Yeah, apparently it's the latest Miracle Port. So, <laughs> Yeah, it does dip below yeah. 30 in some points, but, you know. Oh, boo frickety who. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll survive somehow. Uh, but I also picked up No Man's Sky mm-hmm. out of sheer curiosity. I played the game when it first came out, 
when it didn't have multiplayer and it was just this sort of eerie solo experience and I really loved that and there's no multiplayer in the Switch port. Yeah. So I'm hoping to kind of get a little bit of that magic back again where it's just just me. Mm. And Rosalie? Because it's spooky season and to carry on spooky season, I'm playing Dropsy, mm. <laughs> which is point and click indie game where you're a very disturbing creepy looking clown that just wants to hug everybody uh, and i think it's meant to be like a love letter to like early sarah and lucas arts games and i mm. like both of those things and i like spooky things so i'm very interested to play it okay and i am starting bayonetta in earnest I actually have already started it and all the things i don't like about the first bayonetta have come rocketing back <laughs> hopefully i'll be able to finish it next week if i don't just get completely fed up with it and quit because uh, i'm already kind of feeling like that so we'll see what happens i think it's a short game anyway it's not super long my, my old save file was like exactly 10 hours and all i did was just beat it oh. and i was done I want to get to Bayonetta 2. I'd rather replay Bayonetta 2. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Much better game. Anyway. Thanks for listening to this episode of In Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively GamePodular community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube and at GamePodular.com for updates, news and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a GamePodular patron. The details for both things are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by Andrew and you can follow them at Play Critically or read their long-form reviews at playcritically.com. You can also follow Sylvia at stwtwo or on twitch.tv slash toristw. And you can follow me, Rosalie, at lilrecordgirl, that's L-I-L recordgirl. Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. You got it. It's the Mario. Do the Mario. Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. Come on now!